Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. For the final time before the uh, Christmas holiday, we welcome you into Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Alfrank and a, a very jovial Ray Flowers. Yesterday it was just a jacket. Today, Ray, I see you've gone a full sweater for today's festivities, huh? I do, and I have a friend on my shoulder. Oh, gosh, I didn't even see. It had faded into the background. Yeah. Um, did you tranquilize your friend Alvin, or is uh, that a fake? That is fake. Okay. That is not stuffed. That is not a real one that I've, uh, I do feed the squirrels in the backyard and everything, but this is just a, uh, a faux version of the backyard squirrel. It is very lifelike though, Ray. Uh, it's a little creepy. Is, is this a play on Christmas vacation with the squirrel chasing, uh, around the, uh, around the house? Yeah. And then the tree yeah. here, you know, got the lights like i'm looking this is the actual tree and then the so i thought you would enjoy this color it's one of your favorite movies i do you know uh, eddie used to eat things like that but then he found out they were high in cholesterol so <laughs> yeah reference a little christmas vacation there um yes indeed this is the final get together for me and ray um christmas day i am not working ray you're not working either next monday right Correct. That's the one day off, uh, which is going to make next week a lot of fun. Condensed schedule, trying to get everything on time ready. But yes, uh, I will be off on Monday as well, so yeah. no show. And uh, reminder, there are three games on Christmas Day. I'm, I'm sure the networks will remind you of that at some point uh, this weekend. We will be back next Tuesday. Until then, though, we've got a good hour to uh, get you set for a pivotal Week 16. Uh, great to have you on board, whether you're joining us uh, via X or, or the YouTube channel, Facebook, listening via the podcast, and spread the word as you're hanging out at the uh, dinner table for people who are looking for enjoy enjoying uh, talk each and every day. Ray and I uh, get rolling at 11 a.m. Eastern, and, and we're even happy and excited and uh, full of vigor, even on a day when, uh, yet again, Ray Flowers, San Francisco Giants, have lost out on another big big name free agent. Um, Ray, we really appreciate your franchise trying every year to get somebody to come to San Francisco. Um, there's always next year. You lost out on Yamamoto. He's the latest. But like I said, you got next year. There will be more free agents to go. And the Giants are just stockpiling money. They'll be able to hand out like uh, probably 800 to a $1 billion next year. Yeah, and I got a lot to say about all of this. None of it having to do with <laughs> sour grapes because the Giants didn't sign anyone. Uh, but I won't derail the show. Yes, I'll wait yes. Until, I went until later on. But uh, I'll just say this. I tweeted it out last night at the Ray Flowers. Very simply, this is terrible for baseball. <laughs> if you so, would like to see Ray Flowers spew eh, pretty well smoke out of his ears and nostrils, uh, stick around. We'll get to that in about 45 minutes as we talk about Yoshinobu Yamamoto going to the L.A. Dodgers. Who'd have thunk it, huh? Who'd have guessed the Dodgers would still have money left over? Until then, though, we got a lot of football. Um, Obviously, Ray and I are going to sit here recap Thursday night football. Um, As expected, I want to say it was an entertaining game, but uh, it was a, a bit of a game worth watching because both teams have talent. Both teams were playing for something. Uh, Rams come out on top. Some big efforts from their side, not so much from the New Orleans Saints side. If you were counting on guys like Kamara or Taysom Hill, you probably didn't get what you were hoping for 
uh, going into the start of week 16. Uh, we will get you set for a weekend of wondering. It is uh, this way at this point of the year, every year, uh, where we've got injuries galore. A couple of guys we're really wondering about, Josh Jacobs and Kenneth Walker. And with the schedule the way it is and with it being spread out throughout the weekend, some of these decisions can be uh, highly difficult for week 16. Uh, Russell Clay is going to stop by. Been a while since we checked in with Russell, so we're looking forward to visiting with him in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, we'll get some DFS head-to-head -head battles. Uh, Ray and I will suggest which direction to go at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We'll look mainly at the Sunday slate for that. And as noted, we'll uh, sneak in some baseball. We also have new rule changes. More rule changes. MLB is becoming like NASCAR. Uh, with their rule changes, but at least baseball does theirs in the preseason and not in the middle of the year. So, so kudos to them on that. And as always, Ray, I guess this will be our final opportunity, at least for you and I, to promote the gift that keeps on giving mm -hmm. all year long, as we said yesterday. Uh, folks, make use of that uh, promo code at the bottom. Ray, ho ho, is still available, right? It is. It can help you with your seasonal football, it can help you with your wagering in football, and it can help you with your DFS play in football through the Super Bowl. Okay, so it's all of it. You get Discord, you get all the articles, you get everything, the whole NFL package. Use the promo code HOHO through the Super Bowl. And then you can also use the promo code FSD20. That's our running promo code here on the show. That gets you 20% off on any of the products. You want to buy a Jeff Mann's t-shirt. You want to buy a Ray Flowers t-shirt. You want to get the baseball product in 2024. You want to get soccer. You want to get basketball. You want to get hockey. Use the promo code FSD20. It'll get you a discount on all that stuff. How much time do I have to put in to get my own T-shirt? Good question. Um, you're, you're not, you don't, I, well. Boy, boy you're Ray, that really fired me up. You're like, what are you talking about? Never. No, you will never get your own. No, I was thinking because Jeff Mans has got, you know, the Santa Mans. When he's looking at the, the Christmas tree, right? I wore that the other day. People saw it. You can find it in swag at the top on, on uh, fantasyguru.com. So he's, he's Mr. Santa. That's his thing, right? He gets Santa Mans. He puts the big Santa hats on, gives stuff away. I'm quote unquote the Oracle. So I've got the Oracle gnome. So that's what my t-shirt is. You don't really have it. You got to get like, well, wait you gotta a second, get wait, the wait, it, it's the Christmas season and hell, my name starts with E-L-F. Could we not come up with a Christmas shirt for elf? I mean, my God, I fit perfectly. What is it? Does it does make sense actually now that I hear How elf. I exit this stream. Can I just <laughs> leave now? Ray will be kicking us for the next hour by himself. Yeah. <laughs> Insulting, man. Maybe next year. Maybe All next right, year. We'll work on it. On the totem pole. Maybe. Right. I don't know. Or at least give me a hockey shirt for rinks. I don't know. Something. Please. Please. Uh, check out that store. Uh, an Oracle. What is it? An Oracle shirt? You've got one? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's the Oracle. I'll get a logo and I'll yeah, let me see there. that sometime. I don't know if I've ever seen it. So okay. I'd like to check that out because people are looking for great gifts, Ray. And mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Gwyneth Paltrow's goop didn't have that as their gift of the year in 2023. Very surprising. You know, it's that what a weird name too. I remember, I saw her talking about that on a shark tank once. I was like, that's a weird thing. What Gwyneth? No, goop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's kind of a weird person, Ray. She's uh, a little out there, but but people love her. I wish I could say the same. I'm out there, but people don't love me near as much as Gwyneth Paltrow. It must have something to do with beauty and money, of which I have neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, we'll save that for another podcast. Um, okay, let's get rolling, Ray. Thursday night football. 
Uh, yesterday, we had Ryan Clifford on. He was doing the DFS showdown preview. And we asked him, okay, man, I think you asked him, Puka or Cup? And he warned us. He said, I've gotten this wrong all year, so do the opposite of what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and he said Cup. <laughs> Ray, it was a Puka night. The return of Puka Nakua, who I, I realize, again, it's been front-loaded. Mm-hmm. But, Ray, he has been a part of this offense all year. I mean, on average, 10 targets a game. That's for the whole season. And he's going to end up well beyond 100 catches. We'd love to see more touchdowns, but I don't care how you cut it. Uh, He has been a huge success this year. Maybe the waiver pickup of the year. We kind of forget. If you got him early, Ray, you've had a starting wide receiver, if not a wide receiver one, all year long. And last night was a reminder of that against the Saints. Well, I did draft him in one league um, okay. in the Jeff Mann's home league. So I'll actually be able to keep him next year because there's keeper rule. So that's pretty, pretty good because he was like a 16th round pick or whatever. But yeah, he was likely on waivers in what, 95% of leagues? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And uh, he's been terrific overall. He's been spectacular overall. His his numbers, he's setting all kinds of rookie records and all that. As you noted, and as we've discussed, it's been uneven. You know, there's been huge games. There's been games where he hasn't done anything. So there hasn't been that consistency. But in the end, for what you what the cost was and what the return is and what you're getting now in the fantasy playoffs, no one's going to be complaining. Well, and, and Ray, if you look at him game by game, um, and obviously last night, 164 yards a touch. I mean, that's a hit. Um, you know, do, do, do you count like five for 80 as a hit? Probably not. You say it's an okay game, but that's what he had last week. And when you stack it up, over the course of the year, Ray, we'd like to have more touchdowns. I mean, they're a little light, um, especially with how this offense has kind of emerged in the last month plus. But if you look at any receiver outside of the huge names, and, and by that I mean A.J. Brown and Jefferson and Ch- Tyreek Hill, those guys are going to give you top-end games, or at least they have, what, mm-hmm. 80% of the time? I mean, they, they've been that way in PPR setups. Nakua Ray's probably going to come in at a 60 to 65% rate here. That that's top 15. That you know, so I get it, the up and down nature, but when you stack it up, after you get outside the huge names at wide receiver, Ray, it's actually a lot of this, like Nakua has put up this season. Yeah, and so I think that's one of the misnomers, if you will, uh, at the wide receiver position, well, not any position, but the wide receiver position is that people think that, you know, their guy's going to give him 15 points a week, and they don't. And that's why we talk all the time about, you know, what's your expectation? What's your need? Look at the matchup. Look at your team. Do you need a floor? Do you need a ceiling? Like, there are there are players out there, you know, that give you the same thing every week. They give you 13. We talked Chris Godwin. He's had a couple of nice games, a couple of down games, but really it's 550 every week. It's the same thing every week. So you know what you're going to get. With Puka, you didn't get that. But to your point, there's only – 10 receivers, I mean, that, that maybe less that give you the 15 every week for guaranteed. You know, it's 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 not the matchups are the way they are, the the game flow, the the weather, health, all these things come into play. And it's very difficult to be a wide receiver that gets nine targets every week, catches seven of them for 75 yards every week. It's very difficult to do that. Yeah, and I'm looking at it in a PPR setup, Hill, Lamb, and even Keenan Allen. Um, those three guys are averaging over 20 points a week in a PPR setup. And then after that, Ray, we've got from about, I guess, spot four 
to about spot 17 or so, you know, it's between 19 and 16. And Naku is in that field. Uh, with last night's effort, he's up to 16 and a half, 16.6, actually. So, again, you've got those top three dudes who are 20 points on average. The, the next guys, which are all good players, you know, that's St. Brown, that's Jefferson, that's Brown, that's Chase, that's Diggs, that's Samuel, that's DJ Moore, Mike Evans. All these guys are 19 to 16. And, again, that's where Nakua lands. So, you know, we can we can pick and prod. I guess the next question would be this, right? It's very easy to sit here and say Tyreek Hill's a wide receiver one next year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, C.D. Lamb and Chase and Jefferson, wide receiver one. What's Nakua next year? Assuming, and, and this is maybe not a fair assumption, but assuming, Ray, Stafford's back, Williams back, McVeigh, you know, the same guys. Where would you put Nakua, you think, going into next season? Yeah, great question. Uh, and I think that, and Adam Schefter tweeted this out earlier, he was talking about all the records that receivers set catching passes from Matthew Stafford. We got Nakua setting all the rookie records. You had Cooper Cup. You had Calvin Johnson, right? Can you have two guys catching 85-plus passes? You can, right? You can. Mm -hmm. Is it easy to do? It's not. And I think that all of this really is predicated upon two things that we don't know for certain. One is if Matthew Stafford going to keep playing and be with the Rams. And two is John McVay going to still be the coach. I think those two things we have to have an answer. Assuming they're back, I think you have to look at Puka and say he's a top 25 guy. You I think you have to. Um, is he top 15? Like I'm not getting that aggressive as long as the team is still put together. Well, I'm looking at it last night, uh, Matthew Stafford, 34 pass attempts. Ray, those 34 pass attempts went to four players. Yeah. That's it. And so you're right. 85 is kind of tough to have two of those guys. But if that's going to be, and, and that's not going to be every game, but it Kyron shows. Williams didn't even get one. Kyron, Williams. Kyron Williams got nothing. Like yeah. he wasn't even one of the guys. But but it indicates how the Rams can, yeah. I mean, well, they scored 30 points last night and it was like two guys. And then there's Demarcus Robinson, who somehow, some way, has scored a touchdown in four straight games. <laughs> that that's a guy, Ray, that really, even doing waiver wires and talking about this, we've mm -hmm. never really brought him up. And yet mm -hmm. there are people out there who've picked him up and probably are like, hell yeah, this is great. Um, I don't know how many people have picked him up and started him. That's right. kind of a concern, but but he has come on. Coop was uh, Cup was a little disappointing last night. You know that'll happen. He still had 12 targets. You know it's it's just bad timing, if you will, for Cooper Cup, but. I would make the argument that he got you to this point because he's been huge the previous two weeks. So I, I know in week 16, it wasn't all that good. Uh, the catches were down, the yardage, no touchdowns, all that. It was worse on the Saints side here, Ray. Mm -hmm. And we were closing in on a disaster all around, mm -hmm. except for the fact that the Saints were in catch-up mode the entire fourth quarter. And so that saved Derek Carr. Um, that helped Chris Olave. Unfortunately, that was it. The rest of this box score for the Saints, Ray, especially Kamara and Taysom Hill, this is a total dud in, in week 16 for those guys. Yeah, and that's two weeks in a row, by the way, for Taysom Hill. And for everyone that's played the Taysom Hill game, boy, did you get your shorts burned. I mean, that's yeah. just, you know, two touches, two yards, great. Uh, the Kamara thing, I mean, he caught five passes, which didn't do enough. <laughs> I mean, if you're in a PPR setup, it didn't. Nine carries for 19 yards. They didn't do anything. I mean, he led the team in rushing. He was the only player that had 10 rushing yards. They had 19. Like, they they just they didn't move the ball all on the ground. 
And even through the air, you know, Johnson scored, Perry scored, Shahid scored, and Kamara just caught five balls for 16 yards. Terribly disappointing. You had to play Kamara. It was the right call to play Kamara. Just, it sucks. I mean, there's no, you know, hopefully you can live to fight another week next week if he's on your team, but that was a killer, Kyle. And uh, Kyron Williams, uh, we don't want to fail to mention him. Another 100-yard rushing effort. Ray mentioned no catches, but uh, Ray, I think it's, is it six of eight games? He's been over 100 yards rushing? Yeah, and he's, Kyron Williams? He scores a touchdown every week, too. He's been terrific this year. I yeah, mean, that's another guy, Ray. Both the and I, Williams, again, may have been drafted. You know, a lot of people were more focused on Cam Akers, I think, and, and Williams was probably like if you drafted a, a deep afterthought, final pick, whatever. But, Ray, that's another guy picked up, and sure, there were injuries, but another massive hit. I mean, a massive waiver wire still in Kyron Williams this year. Yeah, and uh, you know Jeff Manz has talked about this a lot, and there's been a lot of – no one talked about this guy. Jeff talked about Kyron Williams a lot in preseason. And in the Elite Listener League, uh, I'm looking at it right now, I took Kyron Williams in the 12th round. So there were people, fantasy guru, that had Kyron Williams. I think we we had the majority of the shares of anyone that drafted him in the universe because no one was talking about him at all. Mm-hmm. But again, I was a 12th-round pick for me, so I wasn't like I was expecting him to be a weekly starter, right? So he, um, he's he been terrific. And, you know, it's not just – he didn't catch passes last night, but it's not just he catches passes, he runs the football, he's consistent. He plays all the snaps. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's been a, a workhorse to the Todd Gurley level, and it's been fantastic this season. Eight of 11 games this year, he's over 100 total yards. And it's true, six of his last eight, he's over 100 yards rushing. I, I don't think there's another running back who can say that in an eight-game stretch. I really don't. I don't even know if McCaffrey can say that. Uh, six of eight games with over 100 yards rushing. Um, so Kyron Williams is putting up that sort of season. Uh, both those guys, Nikua and Williams, very big to start your week 16. Stafford, good enough. Carr got you three touchdowns <laughs> over 300 yards. Back-to-back weeks uh, for Derek Carr with three touchdowns. And I know we talked about both those guys yesterday, and it uh, eventually worked out for both of them. Uh, now, as we look ahead to the remainder of week 16, We've been reminding of you this, uh, reminding you of this all week. A uh, couple of games on Saturday, usual slate on Sunday, which is Christmas Eve, um, and then Christmas Day next Monday is a three-game slate. Uh, so as we go through injuries and you start to think about who do I favor, all this stuff, um, understand the spread of start times and when your decisions have to be made. Uh, Ray, one of the big situations we've been following all week is Trevor Lawrence. Bit of an update as we open things on Friday. Slight update here on Trevor Lawrence. What do we got? Yeah, there is. Uh, John Shipley had a video of Doug Peterson sitting up there at the podium saying, guess what? Trevor Lawrence is practicing today. And not only is he practicing today, he didn't think he's going to be limited. So (laughs) reports were strongly suggesting that Trevor Lawrence was donezo this week. And his head coach just came out and said, he's practicing today and we'll see. So (laughs) I guess the flicker is uh, still on. The light is still lit if you will, Kyle. Yeah. And and I'm sure it'll be limited. You know what? You're not asking Trevor Lawrence to go out there and like bust his ass for, for an hour and a half on a Friday. But what they have to do, Ray, is at least have him moving around, throwing, um, participating, standing up for an hour, and then seeing this is more about after practice than it is about anything in practice. And hopefully we get a good report uh, later today. I don't know if that'll happen. Because honestly, Ray, they you know they'll they'll probably do a quick post 
practice meet and greet, but at that moment, they're not going to know. They'll say, oh, yeah, Trevor looked good, and we'll just have to see. You know, We'll have to see how he reacts in the morning. And then tomorrow, I don't know if we're getting anything on Trevor Lawrence. You know, so so we may get something Sunday morning for sure on Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, if you're looking at, hey, do I go Jake Browning this week or Trevor Lawrence? You know, Browning's playing tomorrow at 430. Mm-hmm. You, you may not have that information on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and hopefully everyone that had Stafford just played him last night like we talked about here on the show uh, because he went out and did the 328 and two and you got it, right? It's fine. It's done. So we have to worry about it. Uh, I have Lawrence in one league. I've got, I think in that league, I've also got Russell Wilson. So, you know, whatever I can go with Russell Wilson. It's not a problem, but a lot of people will have difficult, more difficult decisions, uh, mm-hmm. than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is in a good spot. He's played pretty good fantasy football. You know, the production has been solid. Uh, but health wise, you gotta, you gotta look at that clock. Like you said, and you'd let off the show with it. And you just mentioned it again. Everyone has got to check game times. Because this week is worse than ever. It's all spread out. And you've got to, you can't be taking a zero or running to the wave where I'm grabbing Tommy DeVito. Like you can't be doing that. So make sure you've got this situation as much under control as you can based upon the information we have at the time. Check out that uh, question. Joseph just came in with a question, right? (laughs) It's a two QB league. He has Trevor Lawrence, but then look at his trio of possibilities with no Trevor Lawrence at a two QB league. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, CJ Bethard, or Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Good luck with that one, Ray. I, I can't wait for your Sunday morning on well, Twitter. <laughs> well, and I mean, look, look at the, the, here are the last, what, seven, eight guys in our rankings right now at fantasyguru.com. <laughs> These are in order too. Nick Mullins, Case Keenum, Ryan Tannehill, Tyler Haneke, Tommy DeVito, Bailey Zappi, Mason Rudolph, Bryce Young, Aiden O'Connell, Easton Stick. That's like a third of the league that's just ugly. And that, like, we can talk matchups and break things down, but at a certain level, we have to admit, (laughs) three-quarters of those guys shouldn't be playing. Like, come on. So, um yeah, I, I, I just again, I went through it. I didn't have CJ Beathard in there because again, we're already still <laughs> hope that uh, I would say Beathard would be. I'd go Tyler Heineke, and I have Beathard right behind him. I, I think Heineke would be my choice too, Ray. Um, just because I could see Atlanta having him throw the football thirty times. Um, Devito, the story's good, but like even when they're winning, Ray, his number you're, you're counting on. Like you need. 70 yards rushing from Tommy DeVito. And I, I think that's still a, a high bar for him to get to. He's done it, but like if you don't get the 70 yards rushing, you're hurt with Tommy DeVito. Where Heineke, I don't need 70 yards rushing to be okay. But all those guys are okay, I guess, as we go into the week. Um, who are some other guys who are okay? We mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Sounds like he may have a chance to practice. Tyreek Hill did return on a limited basis for Thursday. So that's a pretty good sign going into the weekend on him. Uh, Nico Collins, Michael Pittman, Brian Robinson, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, all those guys were at practice to some extent on Thursday, which is a decent sign. It's not like you're in, in the clear, but it's decent. Thursday DNP is a little more worrisome, right? And Kenneth Walker still missing practice. And Josh Jacobs, the Raiders came out earlier in the week and said, yeah, he's going to be back. Now they play on Christmas afternoon at one o'clock. But Ray, there it is. Thursday practice report from the Raiders at Josh Jacobs DMP. So hopefully today is on the field. If he's on the field today, I'll probably chance it. But that kind of 
yeah, threw a speed bump in the plan for Josh Jacobs this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the team has said he's going to play. That's what they have said. Now, we have to follow this, and we'll have to see. And as we've discussed, you have to have a backup. Hopefully, you have Zamir White. Take care of the problem. You can wait, and it's not an issue. If you're waiting, you've got to have a pivot. So be very careful with that one. Hopefully, we'll get clarity today. It still is, you know, Friday morning. We still have plenty of time mm-hmm. to to get clarity before we have to start making firm decisions. But uh, hopefully, we do because the timing of that game was going to make it tough if we don't know for sure. Some other uh, Thursday DMP, CJ Stroud. It's just not looking good for Stroud. Um, don't know if it'd be a shocker if he plays this weekend, but I'd be very surprised. He's He missed last week, didn't practice last week. Haven't heard anything positive really this week. Uh, Devonta Smith showed up with a DNP and we heard a knee issue, which is a new one for him. Uh, that's a guy who's young and practices and plays all the time. So maybe that's a little more of a concern than usual. Uh, Marquise Brown still missing practices with a heel injury. Zach Moss, Alexander Madison, Zay Jones, all those guys, DNPs. Uh, let's see, both Jamar Chase and Keenan Allen are officially out for week 16. So you will not have a choice there. Um, quarterbacks, and and I'm not bringing these guys up as great options, understand, but maybe it affects the guys around him. Ray, we're probably going to get Ryan Tannehill back with Tennessee. Yep. Sounds like Mason Rudolph is going to be the guy for Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett will not play, so Mason Rudolph's probably the call there. But, man, it's going to be like old times again. Ryan Tannehill trying to get it done with the Titans this week. Yeah, and there we just went through the litany of the bad quarterbacks, right? At least Tannehill has been an effective NFL quarterback and knows how to run an offense and all that. It's been a long time since he's been an effective fantasy option. The offense is really stuck in neutral. Uh, he does not. He brings a different component than Levis. He doesn't have the arm strength, of course. Uh, yeah, as I he I, I listed him again just when we're talking to quarterbacks. He's at the bottom of the level here. The hope is my hope, and I don't know. I don't feel great about this, but my hope is that you know Dustin Hopkins, um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, De- Dustin Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins gets eight nine targets, but they're catchable targets, and he catches seven passes. We'll see if that happens. I mean, Hopkins, you got to play. You've probably been playing yeah. him all season despite the quarterback play, and he's been okay. Um, nothing too special. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, and, you know, you like to think, oh, man, I'm playing in week 16, and I'm just stacked and rocked and loaded and ready to go in week 16, as we have seen all week long, and the questions are still coming in. People are scrambling at quarterback, even mm-hmm. though they're still playing. Um, even DFS players, you know, you kind of look at some of these very cheap quarterbacks and you think well maybe that's the call i should make in week 16 it's great that on this friday we get to visit with a guy who every week breaks down the qb position from a dfs perspective i think that column comes out on tuesday and then he's kind of fine-tuning it throughout the week uh russell clay is back with us here at fantasy sports daily powered by fantasyguru.com and Russell is the man that gets to deal with this position. You know, whenever he got the assignment early in the year, he was probably like, man, quarterbacks are easy. Doesn't matter who you choose. You're going to be fine every week. Oh, how things have changed, Russell. This has not been an easy position this season, has it? Well, it's just so different than previous years. Um, I mean, basically my entire life, I grew up with the same five guys being the best quarterbacks. And now, <laughs> now I have to deal with, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a semifinal and I put out a joke last night, you know, my quarterbacks in these leagues are like Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, like even the, the, the teams that were good. It's like, and now they're not even playing. So, um, it's a strange, strange world out there, but 
Um, shout out to Derek Carr for helping people survive yeah. last night. <laughs> well, and and not so much. I mean, we've been getting a lot of questions. I, maybe I've missed his name. I know yesterday on the program, Russell, we had a lot of people talking about Gardner Minshew. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of your column focuses on DFS, but you can kind of answer the question, his prospects for this week, because a lot of people seem to be considering him as a starter. What do you think of Minshew against the Falcons? Yeah, again, Minshew basically post buy has been a been a pretty high floor play. You know, uh, that bad game against the Buccaneers, he survived with a rushing touchdown. But the last three weeks, he's been pretty good. And this Falcons team, um, you know, if they come in and decide to run it 50 times or whatever, you know, whatever Arthur Smith's feeling uh in his in his loins. Wants to give Tyler <laughs> Algier loins. That sounds <laughs> yeah. Wants to, wants to, a family program. <laughs> wants to give Tyler Algier his his fifty touches per game. Then you know we could be looking at a low scoring game. But um, they have had some weird game flows. Minshew, you know, if he gets Pittman back, I think that's probably going to be what helps people decide. Like if Pittman plays then go with Minshew. If not, maybe you can go with that guy. That's a close second. Russell, it's the, the quarterback position is fascinating. We've been talking about it before you came on. Now we're talking about it with you again. When you hear the name Kyler Murray, that's supposed to be one of the guys you start. Now I'm getting questions. Do I go Joe Flacco? Do I go Jake Browning? Do I go Gardner Minshew? Where are we at this week with a suddenly tough Bears defense with Kyler Murray? Yeah. And that's really the thing, Ray, right? Like we look at the bears and we say, oh, soft, but you know, since they made that trade and, um, since Justin Fields has been back, this has kind of been a run heavy, uh, slow paced team. And they've kind of been limiting opposing quarterbacks. So, you know, even like last week, the Cardinals put up a lot of points, but it wasn't really through Kyler. Uh, you know, he only scored, you know, 13.3 fantasy points did have 49 rushing yards. So we like to see that. I mean, I guess the thing with Kyler and the first three weeks back, he had rushing touchdowns. Um, if he gets one rushing touchdown, you're basically in the clear, uh, especially with this quarterback landscape. So I'm, I'm leaning on playing him again. Um, especially compared to some of these secondary options. But then, you know, you mentioned Joe Flacco. It's like, well, I know Joe Flacco is going to throw like 40, 45 times a game. Uh, so that is certainly valuable as well. So I'd, I'm leaning with Kyler as a top 10 to 15 option this this week. But yeah, it's hasn't been pretty. Well, talk us a little bit more, Russell, about Joe Flacco because it <laughs> – Things that the earth that's on its head, it's on its head. We're all upside down. The sky is falling. No one looks at Joe Flacco and thinks anything other than must start. Like legitimately, people are benching, you know, Hall of Fame about <laughs> Joe Flacco, baby. Let's go. Like, I never get, do I start Joe Flacco? It's Joe Flacco starting. You mentioned he's throwing it, I think he's throwing it 44 times in all three yeah. of his games. Yeah. Where are we at this week? Is he behind Kyler Murray? Is he someone that people should start with confidence? Is are you seeing signs of concern? Okay, so. Yes, we're starting him, but last week was the first time in this stint with the Browns where it's like, oh, there's concerns here. This is this is not 2009 Joe Flacco. This is the guy we remember from Denver and that weird Jets stint. That's still in there. 
Um, and so this Texans defense has been pretty good at times at limiting players. But again, you mentioned the passing volume, and I think that's the name of the game here. We're, you know, having a quarterback that's going to throw 40 plus times is very, very rare in 2023. So, um, I'm, I'm in on him as well. I'd play Kyler over him. If I'm, if you're giving me the conviction, I'm, I'm playing Kyler over him, but yeah, I think they're right in that same pocket of tier and, uh, Joe Flacco. Got Amari Cooper. I, you know, I do like Cedric Tillman as well. He's got David Njoku, who's, I feel like been an underrated player for a long time. So seeing him actually get this usage, it's like, yeah, I feel like this, this could have been a thing for a while. So um, decent, decent weapons there. At least one more question on the QB spot. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if you caught it. Doug Peterson said this morning, he's going to be at practice. Uh, assuming he's cleared. And he's out there against Tampa on Sunday. If you own Trevor Lawrence's at all systems go, do you just have to play him? Or is there some hesitation, even if he's out there on the field for the Jags? Yeah, I had some questions uh, floating around in the chat last night about, all right, do I go with this random guy or do I go for Lawrence and and wait? Uh, and my, my thought is, um, if you're going to sort of go with Lawrence, just have Bethard. I mean, we saw this with the Hertz and and Mariota thing last week. It's like, I'm not, I don't want to risk not playing Hertz. And we're in a weird era of football right now where all the best quarterbacks are questionable and we're waiting till Monday night or whatever. But um, I guess my, my new strategy that I've had to learn this year, even in season long, it's like, all right, I'm going to wait. And if it's not, I'll just play the backup. So that's my strategy with Lawrence. It was my strategy with Hertz last week. Uh, Russell, two minutes and 24 seconds ago, uh, <laughs> head coach Jonathan Gannon said that Marquise Brown is not playing this week. He's got the heel issue. Does that change your opinion on Kyler Murray? Because I, you know how this goes. People see that and they get panicked. I would say Marquise Brown hasn't done jack nothing for six weeks. Nothing. He hasn't. He's catching four passes for 20 yards. He hasn't done anything. Does that information change your opinion that you just stated on Kyler Murray? Not really. Again, I think most of Kyler Murray's upside for fantasy is his rushing ability. So, you know, they have Michael Wilson. They have a few other guys that are kind of, it's really Trey McBride. That is his number one guy, um, which, you know, uh, be, be that a good thing or a bad thing. That's the reality. So, um, yeah, it's now, if you said Trey McBride was out, it'd be like, okay, we can, yeah. we can shift away from Murray, but that's the real base of the passing game right now. Uh, we do know that Keenan Allen and Jamar Chase are out. Um, how fired up should we be about T Higgins and Joshua Palmer? Cause it would be a, a run of them being the top option. We assume in both those offenses. Yeah. So Josh Palmer with Justin Herbert, big thumbs up Josh Palmer with Easton stick. That's a, a tougher combination to navigate. I still like Palmer as a, a wide receiver too, uh, this week, you know, in that, wide receiver 15 to 25 range, but with no Keenan Allen, uh, even we even saw as the year went on, uh, team started to really hone in on Allen. Uh, so I can't imagine what this offense is going to look like. This is a, 
a real piss poor roster at this point because of all the injuries. So, um, yeah, not loving that Higgins though. Hell Jake Browning proved me wrong. I, I was making fun of that guy. You know, he was terrible at Washington and this guys look great. So I got to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point and just say, all right, you know, Bengals with Browning, um, Higgins looked good the last couple weeks. So yeah, I'm in. I mean, I think he could have a big week. Russell, Jordan Love, you know, we can all talk about the things he does well, the things he doesn't do well. There's, you know, there's a lot to analyze. But at the end of the day, it's 250 and two every week. Like he's throwing for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Who's catching passes this week? What are you doing with that Packers receiving core? I know it's not a fair question, but we always get these questions. So I'm putting it on you to answer it so that the listeners understand. Watson, we don't know. Reed, we don't know. Wicks, we don't know. And then there's Romeo Dobbs. At some point, does Dobbs pop because he's the only healthy guy, or is that just not the right way to read this? Yeah, so I wrote in trending earlier this week about – so Romeo Dobbs was surviving on those touchdowns earlier in the year. I think he had like seven touchdowns in the first nine weeks, and those have kind of gone away with – you know, Christian Watson being healthy for a few weeks. And then we have this Jaden Reed thing that's really emerging. And I'm really excited about him for the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, with the injury to Reed, he may not play. This is one of those where we're going to have to wait for those injury reports. But Reed's an every week starter as far as I'm concerned when he plays. So that's that's the factor there. And then, you know, Wicks last week looked pretty darn good as well. So um, we're going to have to wait, you know, Watson's still kind of hanging around there. So this is like a four, a quad box of, you know, messy, um, uh, wide receivers. So I'm waiting, but yeah, you know, if two of those guys don't play, if Watson and Reed don't play, then yeah, I'm going to be in on, um, on, on uh Dobbs but I will say I do have to laugh when you look up the fantasy stuff and you see Carolina's number one against opposing quarterbacks it's like what and then you look at the numbers and it's like oh yeah they're yardage allowed yeah 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 no it's not that's well, they a shut down Desmond Ritter last week I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you look at some of those quarterbacks they played yeah it's pretty fun um, okay, we got to get out of here. I know you've got a show 20 minutes from now, the betting show, you and Rob getting together. Um, g- g- give us a, a peek behind the curtain. You got you got a teaser bet that you really like for the weekend? Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, uh, I I like shifting into more of the, uh, the host role on that show, and I just let Tyler Beaker, um, you know, okay. break down his stuff, and then I'll say, oh, yeah, I like them too. Uh, (laughs) no no it's a it's a fun show and um me rob and tyler kind of break down the slate break down the staff's confidence ratings and where we're gonna go with our picks against the spread for circa it's not quite as fun when our survivor team's not in it anymore but um yeah it's still a lot of fun to break down the games with all the uh with the fellas noon eastern so uh again about 20 minutes away you can catch it at Fantasy Guru and uh, here on the YouTube channel, I think, in all the usual uh, spots that you hunt it down. Russell, man, awesome. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us early on a uh, Friday morning. And uh, get more than a lump of coal. How about that? I know you will. Hey, on, on two lumps, at least. Two lumps. Yeah, you bet. Enjoy the weekend, okay? All right. See you guys.
Russell Clay, again, check him out. Coming up on the uh, betting show, Rob, Tyler, and him get you set for the weekend with some of their thoughts. Um, now we've got, oh, 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 is that the shirt, Ray? Is that what That's you're getting, shirt. Russell, for his appearance? You're, yeah. you're going to send him one of those? Uh, yeah. I sent one to, so who did I send it to? I did send one to someone. Not me. I've never seen it. No, it wasn't you. Yeah, the, guy, the guy who's hung out with you for 15 years doesn't get one of these oh, damn t-shirts. I, held it to, I, I, I sent it to... Uh, one of our producers at Sirius. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Josh Wagner. Yeah. Okay. Good for Wags. I'm, I'm sure he wears it. You know, who, who wouldn't wear that to the bar on a Friday night? Right. The Oracle. <laughs> and and it, comes in, it comes in blue as well. Mine's the blue version of it. So you don't have to get gray. Oh, okay. Well, I kind of like the blue. Yeah. Uh, while we were visiting with Russell, uh, a couple of other questions came in. Here's one from Henry. A defensive question. We'll be getting a lot of these this week. Um, Browns or Jets? I'll say this, right? It's Jets all the way. They're home and they get Sam Howell. Sam Howell is Mr. Sack and Sam Howell is Mr. Pick. I mean, sign me up for that facing Sam Howell and the Commanders. Give me the Browns. Uh, oh, Ray, come on. Case Keenum, he's not much better. He he narrowly avoided major mistakes last week, including one play we talked about where he spun around and threw a ball back across the middle. Nah, nah. Both, again, this is, and you talk about, this is the randomness of it. Team defense sucks. I mean, it just, it does. Uh, I'm going with the team that allows the fewest yards, the fewest passing yards, and facing a backup quarterback, I'll go Browns. Here's a fun one from uh, Bobby. Justin Fields or Brock Purdy? Yes. Purdy going up against Baltimore. I I will say this, Ray. Purdy's been too good, and this offense too good for me to bench him. And Fields is too up and down. I, I've got to go Brock Purdy here. And I, I understand that could blow up in your face. It's like, why am I taking a QB against Baltimore? But I'm taking Brock Purdy against Baltimore. I'm I'm signing up for that. And I'm signing up for Justin Fields. Uh, <laughs> we're helping out people today, Kyle. Uh, yeah, the, the matchup is a really difficult one, right? It's a very difficult one uh, for the Niners. And you said it right. In the case of Fields, there is no certainty. Now, remember, we talked about this earlier. If the two passes were caught by Tanyan and, and uh, Darnell Mooney, he goes for 280 yeah. and three. And I think everyone thinks really differently about him this week. But his ability with his legs, I think, is is just so pronounced. Um, and I think that and there's something from the Baltimore Banner, uh, a whole section that I quoted from the article in my weekly matchup piece over at FantasyGuru.com, talking about the matchup between Purdy and the, the, the Ravens. And it doesn't necessarily play out for uh, Purdy to have a huge effort this week, let's just say that. Okay. You think Field's got a better shot at 20 points than Purdy? I do. Okay. I do. But again, is Purdy a starter this week? Sure. I'm not down. Purdy's not ranked 18th, right? I'd start Purdy if I had him, but I would start Fields over him. Um, Trevor Lawrence, we brought you that news. And again, if he practices today, that that might be a decent indicator. Uh, now, remember, Jacksonville plays late on Sunday. So you're going to have to follow the news with Lawrence, I think, all weekend. But G-Bro comes in and says, um, if I don't have Lawrence, I've got Geno Smith or Russell Wilson. Who would be your choice there? And and remember, Russell plays Sunday night, so you could actually wait on the Trevor Lawrence news mm -hmm. and be fine. Um, and then Geno Smith is playing on Sunday, but uh, who, who's your choice there between uh, Geno or Russ? Yeah, I th the, I'd go Geno Smith. Now there's health risk. There, that's a concern, but the Titans are really bad against the pass. That's a matchup where Geno Smith should do the 250 and two with no problem. I'd go Geno Smith. Um, you know, Russell Wilson has really saved a lot of his weeks with his rushing piece, you know, with the rushing touchdowns, and those are hard to count on. Okay. 
Uh, thanks for the questions. As always, Discord will be open throughout the weekend. Even with the holidays, you don't have to worry about that. Um, that somebody's going to be in there. Maybe not right every single second, but most seconds, Ray Flowers will be in there to help you get some lineups set. Um, and remember, there's two games tomorrow. So if you're in the DFS and playing that slate, uh, we're going to have people there throughout Saturday morning into Saturday afternoon. Same thing on Sunday, same thing on Monday. We will be helping you right here at fantasyguru.com. Uh, Ray, a, a few quick head-to-heads in DFS. Okay. And this is going to be for the Sunday slate, okay? okay. Um, and these are all DK numbers, DK price tags. Jared Goff, Ray, at 6,900, or Jordan Love at 6,500. Very little difference there. Of course, golf on the road. It, mm-hmm. it, he's a little weaker. It's not like dramatic like it used to be. Um, they are winning games on the road. They've got Minnesota, Jordan Love on the road at Carolina. Um, 6,900 for golf or 6,500 for uh, Love. We have Love a couple of spots ahead in the rankings. I would agree with that in general. We're talking about a little bit of a savings. There is the home road thing with golf. It's indoors, so there's not a weather concern with him. But I would go Jordan Love. Uh, that offense with the the Lions needs to reestablish itself, right? It's been a little wonky the last month. Uh, Goff's a good starter. I think I'd go, though, with Jordan Love. Let's talk about running backs who might be very average, but they get all the work. Um, Ty Chandler, staying with the Vikings in Detroit there, 5,600. Or Devin Singletary, 5,500. Singletary home against the Browns. So... Pretty well the same price at DK Chandler versus Singletary. I would go with Chandler. Now, this is predicated on the assumption that Madison's out, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd go with Chandler. He's going to soak up a, a huge amount of the volume. The situation with the Texans, you know, that's not an easy matchup. It's just not an easy matchup for them this week. And with the backup quarterbacks, I'm not anticipating Stroud playing. Uh, things could go wrong pretty badly there, uh, and they could end up uh, even falling behind to Joe Flacco. Let's check in on that Commanders-Jets game because, hey, somebody has to. Um, wide receiver head-to-head, Ray. Terry McLaurin, 5,700, or Garrett Wilson, 5,800. Same game, two stars. Well, I shouldn't say stars. Two good receivers who, if they had decent quarterbacks, could be stars. McLaurin or Garrett Wilson in that matchup? McLaurin? Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the Jets, I mean... Like you said earlier, the, the commanders could go horribly wrong this week, too, based on the matchup. But I'll go with McLaurin, even though McLaurin's success, as we and others have pointed out, really last week was with Jacoby Brissett. There's always a chance he'd go to Brissett again in this game. Who knows? But I'll, I'll go with McLaurin. I can't trust the Jets' offense at all. They don't ever score, right? So we mm-hmm. know that. And I, who's quarterbacking? Who's throwing? The, I'm just out on the Jets. Give me Terry McLaurin. And finally, at tight end, uh, we've got our tight end coach column up. I think, uh, gosh, who, who writes the tight end column? I'm struggling to, to remember. Is it Ted? Maybe it's – no, he does running back. So whoever writes – yeah, t- whoever writes the tight end column, um, it's up. You can check it out. And and I was looking at Sunday's slate. Most of the tight ends I think people are going to gravitate to are, are going to be the, the high-end guys. But if you want to save a little money, Ray, I'm wondering, Jake Ferguson, 4,900, in a game that has a total over 50 between the Dolphins and the Cowboys. Ferguson at 49, or do you go even cheaper and jump on the Tucker Craft bandwagon at 3700 About $1,200 yeah. cheaper to go Craft. If I had to choose one, it would be Ferguson. Now, I think the answer to that is how your build is, right? Um, I think that Ferguson also is, is 
likely to have the higher because what people do right in DFS, they go and they look at the point total. What's the spread? What's the point total? And it's two offenses, two top offenses in football. Let's go. We're going to get 75 points. So I think Ferguson's ownership rate would just probably be higher too. I'd prefer him in a seasonal. I could go Tucker Craft. I don't really like paying down at tight end. I don't really like doing that. Mm-hmm. And I especially don't love doing it to a guy in Craft that, I mean, it's three or four catches. It's 50 yards, right? He really needs to get in the end zone. No, Ferguson isn't appreciably different than that in many weeks. And and I would suggest, again, like Ray kind of said, uh, pay up this weekend. On that Sunday slate, you've got Hawkinson, Laporta. Um, there's a third name on that. Oh, McBride. He's also on that list. I, I think paying up for all those guys kind of fits for me. Uh, that is a look at a few head-to-heads for week 16 of the uh, Daily Fantasy Sports Slate. Um, again, we've got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday slates uh, in the NFL this week. Uh, before we get out of here, got a few minutes for Ray Flowers to uh, go off on uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto joining the LA Dodgers. Uh, Ray, he has to settle for 12 years, $325 million. We have not heard if like 325 is going to be deferred. <laughs> He's playing for free. I guess it would be legal. Um, okay. I, I kind of mocked you and your Giants fandom that you guys lost out again. You True. claim that you're not pissed off because the Giants lost out on a pitcher. What are you pissed off about? I, it's it, And I, I can't believe I got pushback on this at the Ray Flowers on Twitter X. This is terrible for baseball. It's just terrible for baseball. And it's not about the Dodgers or anything. It's not about the players. It's not. You have the Dodgers have $850 million deferred. $850 million deferred, okay, to uh, Betts, to Freeman, to, to Otani. They have spent, because you've got to get a posting fee with Yamamoto, too, of like $50 bucks. They basically spent $1.2 billion on three guys, okay? The Dodgers have spent more money on three players than every other team in baseball has spent on every free agent they have signed. This is bad for baseball. It's not about building a super team. It doesn't guarantee the Dodgers win the World Series. It's not about that. It's the I, I thought of it like this. When, there, when someone's house is broken into three blocks away, okay, you, you're a little more vigilant. And not, yeah. When your house gets broken into, now we're getting alarms, we're getting dogs, we're doing all these kind of things. Major League Baseball's got a problem with spending. The haves and the have-nots, and everyone knows it, but it's okay. The Dodgers hit you right in the face with it. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if you think now that it's fair for baseball to have the entire Major League system spend less money than one team is spending on free, we, I mean, my God, Kyle, mm-hmm. like the haves and the have-nots. Again, it's it's a dirty little secret. It's in your face so much. Baseball's got to step in here. They yeah. have to because it's the Dodgers print money in the basement. They've got a massive contract for TV. They charge astronomical prices for their tickets. They're always going to have more money. Always. There are teams in Major League Baseball right now that have admitted they're not signing free agents because they don't know what they're going to get from TV revenue because the Bailey's thing blew up in everyone's face and all that. They don't even, so they're not signing free agents because they don't know. And meanwhile, Dodgers, here we go. We're at the strip club. It's just terrible for baseball. Well, A, a, any kind of punishment, tax, luxury, you know, cap, any of that stuff. The players have to be on board. And why would the players settle for that? Because they're making killings. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would say if I'm a player, and, and here's the fact, you throw in that posting fee that Ray mentioned, it in effect costs the Dodgers $375 million to get Yamamoto. No pitcher in the history of baseball has ever gotten that much raw money in a contract. Okay. So this is a guy who's never thrown a pitch in baseball getting this kind of money. So if I'm a major league pitcher, I'm like, you know, this is kind of unfair. 
you know, the, and, and I get it, Ray, he's 25. I, a lot of people have pointed out um, the last Japanese pitcher to make this move at this age, because that's that's the big argument is here. It's, oh, he's so young. You can't get free agent pitchers at the age of 25. Masahiro Tanaka was 25 when he came to the Yankees. Exact same age. He had been successful. Yamamoto a little more successful, but, you know, he was the best pitcher in the Japanese league, age 25, all that. And and Tanaka was fine, Ray. Mm -hmm. he, he But he lasted seven years. And they left. Uh, you can say what you want about the Dodgers, and, and maybe they don't care. Most mm -hmm. teams don't. They just want the pitcher for the here and now. But, Ray, this, this ain't going to age well. I can guarantee you that. He will probably have two Tommy John surgeries in the next 12 years. Honestly, I, I feel good a, about that bet. <laughs> yeah, 12 years for a pitcher is stupid. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's patently stupid. It just is. Uh, and I, Travis Sacek put this out. Uh, since 1990, there have been six pitchers since 1990, you know, 30 plus years, six pitchers listed at 5'11, 180 or smaller. That's Yamamoto size, 5'11, 180, who have thrown a thousand innings in the big leagues. Thousand innings. That's five years of two hundred. Yeah, but he's the next Pedro Martinez. Oh, he is. Yeah, Pedro's on the list, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it's Pedro, Tom Gordon, Mike Leak, Tim Lincecum, Marcus Stroman, Corey Lytle. That's it. Six guys in thirty. Corey Lytle. Lytle. Oh, Corey Lytle. Wow. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Right. Things are not the same. Pedro That's Martinez and Corey Lytle. Jesus. Yeah. But think about <laughs> six pitchers in thirty years. This size have thrown a thousand innings. I mean. And that, that Yamamoto might throw 2,000. Who knows? But I'm just – none of this makes any sense. It doesn't make financial sense for the Dodgers to do it, to be fair. But my my greater point is just like I said, it's this is just so bad for baseball. I mean, and, and you're right. As a play, – I've busted my ass and pitched in the majors. I'm an all-star four times. And you paid this dude. You gave this yeah. dude tw twice as many years as you gave me. You gave this guy three times as much money as you gave me. I don't know. It's good for the players in general because it bumps salaries up. But there's got to be some butthurt guys out there, Kyle. I suggest, Ray, you start a Twitter firestorm by saying the Dodgers just signed the next Corey Lytle. Why don't you go for that? <laughs> you moron! <laughs> um, one last thing on this. I, I had to look it up. Because what, what does this work out to? 12 years, 325. Um, I, I, I lose track of this, Ray. What is that, 30 million? I mean, it's like right. 25 million a year or something yeah. crazy like that. It's like 28 million a year. The highest paid player in the history of the NPB, which is the Nippon Professional Baseball League. This is the league Yamamoto is coming from. The highest paid player that has ever been there is actually Tanaka, who is now back there, I think, now. He's like, you know, what, 35 or whatever age he is. But, Ray, he is the highest paid player in the history of the NPB. He makes six and a half million U.S. dollars a season. Why wouldn't all these guys want to come over here? Yeah. They just got to dominate in that league, and they can somehow turn it into $325 million. They can make four or five times as much as they could ever pray for in the MPB. Kind of yeah, crazy. Well, it, Eric Fede, whatever, went across and had a good year, and he got $15 million. This guy couldn't even get a big league job. He came back. You know, we saw it with Merrill Kelly even. Like, So there's guys yeah. that go and come back. Maybe Jesus Aguilar will pull the trick off this year. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, come yeah. here. That's where the money is. That's the way it's played, for sure. Yeah, we, we, the stateside, we get Yamamoto. Uh, they get Jesus Aguilar. And I think Corey Dickerson has also made the move. That, that's a fair trade. 
Totally fair. We'll take, we'll take your Yamamoto. You get our Aguiar and Dickerson. <laughs> Good luck with that, folks. Um, okay, we got to get out of here. I mentioned the betting shows coming up, so we got to clear the pass. Uh, Ray, have a great holiday, Christmas Eve, Christmas. Everybody out there, have a wonderful holiday. And then we will be back next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here with Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.